Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, I'm Pastor Nate. Thank you guys for joining in. What an amazing Sunday it was. And I've got five of our preachers joining me in the podcast today. We've got Emma Pennebecker. Say hi. Hi. Charlie Pike. Hello. Abram Gagney. Hello. Chloe Dupre. Hello. And Owen Larson. Hello. Guys, you were awesome. You guys did such a great job. And uh, tell me... um, Tell me first, you, you know, service is over. It, you know, we're recording this on Sunday, so service was just a few minutes ago. We haven't had a chance to talk through it together. Share with me your thoughts. Were you more nervous than you thought you were? Did it go better or worse than you thought it would? Uh, just share. Anybody want to go first? All right, Emma. Um, I was definitely a lot more nervous than I thought I was going to be. Um, and it, it went a lot better than I thought it would because I really thought I was going to throw up. So, but I didn't. So that's a positive. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Someone else want to go? Charlie? Um, it was, it, I was really n- nervous, um, but I wasn't really nervous the day before because there wasn't any people in the auditorium when we were practicing. And um, I was like really nervous and I was really sweaty. <laughs> it gets hot. Yeah, it sure does. Oh, what's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I, I think the lead up to it was probably the most nervous like I've ever been because it was just like it was such a like a oh okay, and it was my first time on projection, so I'm sitting in the back and usually like I'm up front so I don't see how many people are there so I don't like I don't think about it, but in projection I'm like okay, that's a lot more. He- <coughs> oh, excuse me, <laughs> that sounded gross. Um. There, there was so many more heads than I've ever seen like right. on a Sunday. So I think that was freaking me out. But when I got up there, I definitely, I got, I was still nervous, but it was like, oh, okay. Like, um, I'm okay. It was weird. Like, I wasn't nervous when we were talking, but I was nervous going up there. Right. Yeah, for sure. What's your thoughts, Chloe? Um, Definitely, like Owen said, I was so nervous going up to it. And like, there was one point I was like, I'm not going to be, do- I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, there's a chance I'll throw up on stage, <laughs> like very nervous. But once I got up there and not during worship, because where I was in that spot, I wasn't nervous because like I had done, um, you know, worship before. But where I was in that spot, I could see every face. So standing there, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be scary when I go up to preach. And then I get to my spot for um, preaching and the light blurred everybody's faces away. I'm like, okay. Yeah. This is nice. <laughs> the only ones <laughs> I could see was like front row. So it was like you, Michelle. So it was helpful. Yeah, sure. that's great. Yeah. Aaron, what about for you? Uh, I was scared that I was going to talk too fast. And did or you? Make, I don't know. Or make weird noises when I was waiting, like with the microphone, like banging <laughs> it on something on accident or rubbing <laughs> it against my shirt. You definitely did not make any weird noises. And you didn't talk too fast. Yeah, I thought I, I thought your pacing was amazing. You think you talked too no, fast? I'm just oh. <laughs> I was so they made, there was a squeaky noise, and I was afraid I was making that. There's the funny squeaky. Yeah, sound. guys, honestly, you really, 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 you did a great job. Mm-hmm. You did a great job. 
We're going to talk about the message a little bit, but let's just talk about Next Gen Sunday. And Chloe, this is your did, this is your first time at a Next Gen Sunday. Yes. Um, because you started coming, I think, probably the week after Next yeah, Gen Sunday last year. Yeah, the week after. So you've, um, so you've never been to one before, but talk to me about this, all right, from your perspective. What does Next Gen mean to you and to your friends? Why is it important, do you think, from your perspective as a Next Gen? Okay. <laughs> I mean, anybody can go. I know I didn't give you interview questions ahead of time. Yeah, so it's okay. Um, I think it's um, I think it's a really great opportunity, and it really is like kind of like a peek into the future of what like the future leaders of this church are going to look like. And I feel like every church should have a gen takeover. It is so like I don't know. I don't even know the right word to say for it. It's like. I feel like it's so important that they have it because after like going through one. Um, and getting going through the worship and the sermon. And there were some people crying because, like, there's kids on the stage leading worship. And I think that—and and from a kid's perspective or a teenager's perspective, it's great, too, because um, you get to learn more and you get to grow about um, what God has placed in your heart. And you get to see, like, okay, well, does this fit for me or is God calling me to something else? And so I think it's really great. Cool. Anybody else want to chime in? Charlie? I think it's um, really cool that— they have this event because it helps kids to get prepared for what they're going to do later um, in their life. Yeah, and, and, and oh, sorry. Oh, you, no, if, if you're not, if you weren't done, I. And it's just um, super cool that they have this. Yeah, like, I, I agree with like Chloe and Charlie. I I did Next Gen Takeover last year. Um, what spot did you serve in last year? I was at Coffee Spot. Nice. And that was like my first step into, because Kim was running it at the time. And I, I don't, she was like lacking people. So she was like, because I was trying to find where I could go. Because I remember that that day walking in, I was like, I don't really know what to do. Like, I don't know where I'm going. Um, but yeah, I just started doing Coffee Spot. And I kind of was doing that pretty much the entire year, uh, just helping out there. But I just think it's so important for especially for churches not to like look down at I guess the kids because like they can see they can see us as like oh okay they go to youth group and they come here on Sunday but like we I feel like we do especially for us who are called into ministry like this next gen takeover was at least so important for me because one it put in perspective how much Nate has to do like over the course of a week preparing a uh, preparing a message and two like just how much like practice it takes to be good at it. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think any, like obviously all of us had our own stuff we had to work through. And I just think like these next gen Sundays give us that ability and that like practice of being up on the big stage, up on in front of like however many people we had today. I just think like it's wicked important for all groups, but especially like for us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I agree um, with what you said that how restorations like doesn't look down on the kids because a lot of people think that like kids are just rowdy and annoying and we have to clean up after them. And I mean sometimes that that can be true because we're 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 still still kids and we like to like mess around. But I came from a church that it was like everyone has their own. Part and you don't really like mingle. There is no like community 
And if if we even mentioned this, it was like, what kind of church are you going to? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't like that. So it was it's a, coming here was a very different change of pace. And I really like that we have the opportunity to explore things in the church because we're not going to be children forever. And if we if we kind of figure out what we're good at earlier and like a good like a place where you're good at like in the church, it's going to be easier and we can like help like build up more of a community. Yeah, there. I I think what sometimes what people forget and it we don't know exactly the ages, but some of the well at least we're we're fairly confident that the apostle John, the disciple John, that he was a teenager when he started following Jesus, 17 or 18 years old. And Jesus is pulling him in his inner circle. He was the one, you know, you had the 12, then you had the three. Who are the three? Any of you guys know? Uh, I, you were talking about this when we were camping. Now I forgot. There's, it's Peter, James, and John. No, so James, not James, the brother of Jesus, but James, the brother and John. So John, the apostle and his older brother, James, they're the, they were the ones called sons of thunder. So you had those three, they were like, the three closest to Jesus, they were at the transfiguration. They're the ones who, who, you know, were with Jesus a lot, but then there was the one and that was John. And he was the youngest in the bunch, but he was the one Jesus had closest to him. And we forget that. Any of you guys familiar with any other teenagers in scripture? Uh, well, uh, they Jesus like didn't look down on children and he like would, when he was talking to children and then the uh, disciples told them to like go away and then right. he told them not to. And even more like Jesus allowed children to come to him, but how did Jesus, I can't think of how to, I'll just make my statement, but Jesus used children as the example. So what, how did he use Jesus as the example? Anybody, any thoughts? I feel like, Teenagers are so much more bubbly and energetic and excited than most adults because once you're an adult, you're like, ugh, taxes, ugh, <laughs> gotta buy a house. I think we'll still be like that. <laughs> what? When we, I think we'll be like that when we get there. Yeah. Ugh, well, my back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> what? Know? What did though? What Jesus said for you to enter the kingdom of God. You must have faith like a child, faith like a child. So I think, I think what like how Jesus used like kids and teenagers was we are a lot more receptive to what um, the world has for us. And like our, we're a lot more receptive to change. Like there's like when, as you get older, you, you start to lay more concrete ideas and lay more of a concrete foundation and you are a lot less likely to shift your perspective or shift your imagination onto something. And when that starts to happen, um, you can lose faith and you can lose like, oh, like Jesus couldn't have done that. Like no one's been able to do that. So I think for kids and like teenagers, we have such a bright imagination and we're so like welcoming for that change and that perspective that I think that's how he uses us. We have to, like we all have to have that imagination and that faith in knowing that like, oh, like he can do this. He's possible of these miracles. Yeah. 
um, my mind was stuck on um, other teenagers, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, likely teenagers as well. Um, or they were, you know, 20, 21. They were young, yeah. young guys, but they are, they've been taken from their homeland. They're being indoctrinated and yet they're standing before an evil king. They're standing in the midst of extreme persecution. No, we're only going to follow follow God. Or like, so, the, or like the young lady that, uh, I can't remember what Eric, uh, Eric Hoffman was talking about, how like she went into that like, gl- yeah, uh, like gladiator. I don't know how old she was, but it said young lady. Yep. So. And like Mary was like 14 when she had Jesus. So... Yeah, like, she was a she teenager. Was, she was she was a teenager. Yeah, so there's like there's so much in the Bible that shows that God uses teenagers in so many different ways. Like it's like it's it's always ha- like happened. And well, I get times were kind of different back then, so so it was like, oh, well, that might just be how things were, but God knew what he was going to do 2000 years from right. that point, and he's it's it's like he still uses the teenagers and the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think are the biggest challenges you're facing, your generation's facing, or other Christian teenagers are facing to really step out into God's call in their life, to really start living it now? What are the temptations? What are the challenges? I, I have one. Okay. <clears throat> I have one, but I don't want to be taking up the whole thing. No, we're all sharing. Um, I think that there's an identity crisis within our generation because there's so many like um, stories of people who followed Jesus for a while, but then they got tempted with um, all these thoughts of like, um, I don't know how to word it in like a, I guess sensitive way, but like a, like a different, like a, okay. I'll just, I'll just kind of say it, but like, you know, when we see a lot more people in our generation at least becoming like gay and becoming um, just in that way of thinking, right? Right. When we see all of that, it's just we're having such a hard time realizing that that's that's the devil trying to attack us. And it's becoming a lot more of a normal thing for our generation to be, like obviously, like I'm not going to, shun them if like I you know right but I'm just saying how like our generation is viewing it as so common we're viewing it as it's just something that happens and it's we should like be okay with that like I I understand it but I'm still like scared for those people right because like the devil has such a tight grasp on them that they're changing their entire identity they're changing what Christ has made them to be Right. So I think that that's just kind of something that yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. That certainly no one, no one other than your. There's no other generation in the church that has experienced that like you guys are experiencing it. Yeah. Charlie, what do you want to say? Um, another one is like influence from your parents of doing like things like wrong things. Um, that it's the bad thing, but it's not really. They're the people you believe the most sometimes and like you you believe them and then you won't go to church and you won't get I you you guys probably haven't heard me tell the story, but there's a an author, uh Colton 
oh, I can't remember his last name, Colton, Colton Bach, something like that. He wrote a book called Messy Grace. And his, uh, his parents were married, but then got divorced. And so his mother married a woman, his dad married a man. So he had two homosexual parents. And his mother was one of those, um, one of, like she'd bring him as a little kid to the rallies. He'd hold the signs. Um, so very immersed in not just, we're not just living the lifestyle, but we're advocating for the lifestyle. We're doing parades, we're doing. So he was at all those parades. He then met Jesus and he was hiding it. And he talks about having to come out of the closet to his parents, that he was a Christian who they, they hated Christians. And now he is one. And that's, I think, connects to what Charlie's saying because so many, you, you know, so many kids are growing up in homes where the parents aren't Christian and even maybe hate Christians and then they're finding Jesus. I know that's happening at, that's happened at youth group a bunch of times. Um, I shared the story at church a month or two ago about the mom calling me mad. And my son said, you said witches are bad and witchcraft's bad, yeah. Well, I am a witch. I don't want you teaching him that. And so there is that dynamic of if you've got parents who don't want you to follow Jesus, they don't want you to go to church and they're, and they're um, pushing that against you. Because I think what do parents want? They want their kids to be successful, popular, rich, and then Christianity kind of comes against that. So I don't want you, I don't want to be embarrassed by you. Why couldn't you be gay? <laughs> Honestly, it's some of what happens because um, that becomes like a badge of honor in some cities and in some parts of our country. So something like big that keeps happening is like really big companies and artists and like channels, they'll, they'll gather like a really big kid audience and then they will start pushing like, like the whole like kind of gay agenda. Mm -hmm. And so then the kids, cause they're, they're so like multiple that that's the idea that they get in their head. And then that's what they think like, Oh, this is what it's supposed to be. This is, it's showing this and like, this is how it's supposed to be. Cause I, I know for me, like if I'm watching a show, like when I was younger, I'd watch a show and there was like sass, like Hannah Montana, I would start acting like that. And my parents were like, you shouldn't watch that anymore. Like you're getting kind of sassy. And I was like, sorry. Right. But like kids are so influenced by what they're watching and reading and listening to. And, and like most, like not most, a lot of parents don't really monitor it right. all that well. So they, they kind of get like sucked into that. And it, and then once they're like, so like hyper fix, fixated on that, it's, it gets really hard to pull them out of it. And so they're just like, they kind of get st stuck there. Right. I remember when I was 12 years old, I had to stop. I made myself stop watch to stop watching wrestling because I was being too violent with my little brother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we used to have a fridge in the basement of our house, there's a finished basement. So we had a refrigerator down there, like an extra fridge because there was a lot of people in our house. And then we had a bed down there for, it was like a guest room. 
and we used to jump off the refrigerator onto the bed, like doing wrestling moves on each other. Break the bed like the... No, we didn't. I, well, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't very comfortable to sleep on, but my poor little brother weighed like 40 pounds and I, I weighed like 150 <laughs> and we'd be throwing and tossing him everywhere. But yeah, influenced by what you're watching for sure. Entertainment's a big deal. So I think entertainment's another thing keeping people from pursuing God. Anything else that you guys can think of? Yeah, I just thought of a big one. But before I say that real quick, I just like, I don't want to be rude, but I just saw the most chubby squirrel in my lifetime <laughs> out the window. It was huge. Oh yeah, I when saw I that When I first one. saw it, I was like, is that a chinchilla? <laughs> it could be a loose chinchilla. <laughs> it was, anyways. <laughs> Sorry, it, was, it threw me off guard. I was like, whoa. <laughs> anyways, um, like Emma was saying, like with TV shows, music is such a big one because you think Satan was the most beautiful angel and he was the angel of like music and he can work through music in so many ways and we don't even realize it. Um, like a few weeks ago, Nate talked about um, Sam Smith with his music and how some of his music and another big one is Doja Cat. I don't know if y'all have seen the paint that heard of Paint the Town Red, like her video, but it's it's, it's very bad. It's very bad. And music can be such a dangerous thing. So I feel like we really have to pay attention to what we're listening to because, I mean, you could be listening to something and think it's fine. Um, and then you like, you're like, you like the, you like the rhythm, but then you really listen into the lyrics and you're like, this is not okay and, at all. And just how music can be really dangerous like that. It can also be really, really great. There are some worship songs that are so like empowerful, like Asher's song that he sang today. Mm -hmm. That was so mm. amazing. Like you could really, the Holy Spirit was like moving through everybody in the room and music just has a huge like impact. Take, impact in your life, whether it's good or bad. And I feel like we have to have like discernment for what we're listening to. Abram. I think that schools and holidays can have a bad impact on people. Talk like, about holidays. <clears throat> well, the whole month of June. Right. Which yeah. is Pride mm -hmm. Month. And then the schools, some schools keep talking about it. And then that's like pushing against it. And that's why they're both in like one category. Keep pushing people to be. Right. Any of you ever had? Weird. Well, I, I don't want to get off subject too, but, but, but yeah. So holidays, talk about, and so schools too, because it's a, it can be, depending on the school you go to, a lot of pressure not to share your faith. Like one, um, one of the schools that we used to go to, this, um, there was this kid, he, one of his friends had a crush on him, uh, like his male friend had a crush on him and he was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to date you. Like, I don't believe that. And then everyone was pressuring this kid to date the friend he's like what are you homophobic and it, they were like and he was like people were like yelling at him in the halls and they're like just date him like why are you being so homophobic and it was like very it was yeah, yeah. it was very very aggressive <laughs> and it was very like it's it's like it was very like a my way or the highway mindset right when it came to that and i remember i was um i was touring noble there was this whole like huge wall filled with a with a bunch of pride things it's like 
like love is like love is love. Like it doesn't matter. And it was like a whole a whole bunch of that stuff. And it was and it was very like if you didn't believe what they believed, it was you would like get bullied. And I think like Eric Hoffman said, like, if you're a Christian, you're not gonna be popular. Like it's you're it's not like maybe you could be pop, like more popular in the church, but like at school where people aren't Christians and you are like publicly sharing your faith, like you're not gonna be the most popular one. Yeah, I mean, even if everybody likes you, which I think definitely like, you know, Chloe and Owen are examples, Abrams and I'm sure all of you guys are examples. You guys are very likable. None of you seem to have an enemy in the world. Everybody at youth group likes you. Everybody from your school that you invite comes. And um, so it's not like for you guys, like there's a huge loss but you can only, it'll only go so far because eventually they're not going to invite you to the parties. They're not going to invite, they're going to exclude you from some things because they don't want a conscience there. So they may like you fine, but they don't want you there because they know you think it's wrong and they don't want someone there thinking it's wrong. They want to just engage in the sin that they're choosing to engage in. That doesn't change. And I'll tell you this as preachers, all right? Because I know a lot of you guys hope to preach somehow in the future. It happens as a pastor that there are people who won't invite me to their house to watch football because they don't want essentially a conscience there. They don't. And, and so that's something that continues on. And you can't think about what you're missing. You have to think about where you're leading people. So... Um, yeah, there's plenty of things I haven't been invited to because people don't want their pastor there when they're trying to have fun. But services like today are, you know, working with you guys to write your sermons and, and helping you to follow Jesus. That is way more fulfilling and rewarding than any invite I could have gotten anywhere. So just to encourage you guys that way, don't worry about popularity or pleasing people. Worry about pleasing God and following his path and plan for your life. And uh, I'll tell that I've said it to a few of you individually, but every single one of you, whatever your age you're at, 17, 15, 14, 12, you are way better than I was at your age. And so I'm excited for you. Just keep following the Lord. Don't get prideful and... God is using you, he's using you at your youth groups. He's using you at church every week, um, but continue to let him use you. And there's a lot of ways to go sideways, a lot of subtle things that can sneak in and pull you off track, but be on guard. Enemies of roaring lions seeking to devour. And um, yeah, don't give up, follow for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. Um, I think we, we could, I know we've got parents waiting to bring you guys out to lunch and stuff. And I don't know how long we've been talking because uh, I don't know what time we started. It's all blur. But <laughs> it all happened so fast. Tell me, let's just, let's just touch on the sermon here for a little bit. Why do you think you know, is there anything else to add in the message? Because I know we edited, so we had to take some stuff out. Go ahead, Owen. Um, well, first of all, don't say yourself too short. 
like, you're pretty fun to hang out with. Like I've heard about the Halo nights that you guys used to do. There like, was one scheduled for yesterday. It got canceled because people got sick. Oh. Anyway, I've heard they're I've heard yeah. they're fun. What Halo night? I'm it, like I've never so you, heard of you attach like a bunch of Xboxes up to like a LAN. Oh, like the video game Halo. Like, yeah, like I was the thinking like Christianity. Oh, she was yeah, thinking about like the man, Halo. the uh, Clementines. Uh. What are they doing with the Clementines? <laughs> we play dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, dodgeball. Halos at each other. Like <laughs> we play high lie with <laughs> Clementines. But yeah, I I think like one of the biggest Halo. things that I really hope got across was that we don't know when he's going to be coming back. Like we, like I really liked when Emma, Emma, when Emma, like we tried getting the point across near the closing, but we don't know when he's coming back. We mm-hmm. don't know when Jesus is coming back. So there's really like, he could come back in 50 minutes. He could come back in, you know, 50 years. Like we don't know. Right. And I think that it's really important for people to realize that and have the expectation of like, Oh, I have time or not have the expectation that I have time and have the expectation that like, oh, I need to start, you know, like yeah. expecting that he's going to come look, back. Don't wait for the signs to then say, I'm going to get my life right. Exactly, Just live yeah. right. Yeah. Just live right. You can put your head on your pillow every night without fear of getting caught, <laughs> without fear of losing anything, without fear of your, you, you know, every, you know, fear of your parents picking up your phone or... Just if you just live right, you can live without so much fear. You can drive by a cop and not be afraid of getting pulled over. It's just such so much less anxiety. Like I just I thought of something. Yeah. Like just like at least from my testimony, like I remember when um Avi, my girlfriend, would pick up my phone and I would be nervous because I would be like, Oh, don't don't go to that app. Don't go to that. Don't go. Don't go on to the browser. Because like I was just, I still had sin in my life. But it's so freeing to now be like, I don't, I don't have a fear of yeah. what's gonna happen because I'm, I, I, God changed my life and He's, my life. I'm living the life that He wants me to live now. Yeah, it's a good testimony, Chloe. I think also on that, I feel like we have a huge responsibility to share that goodness and that freedom because there are so many people out there and like a lot of my friends at school don't know God and I know that they could really, really like use him. Like some of them don't have the best home lives and I know that if they just knew Jesus, even they could, even if they're in that rough situation, they could make it through every day because they would just have the power that God would give them um, and they could use that in their life and I mean, because we know the goodness and like you said, like the freedom and like the no fear about, you know, if somebody picks up your phone or something or whatever. And we know his goodness and we know his glory. And there's so many people who don't. And there's so many people that really, really need him. And not as in like, you're a sinner. You need Jesus. (laughs) Not like that. Like they could like mental health is a big thing. And like this generation, like mental health Mm -hmm. is worse, like at an all time, like, yeah. Whoa, like it's really bad um, in this generation. And so many people, if they just knew Jesus, they could be free and they could, I mean, like, and like, you know, Jesus isn't going to make your life perfect, but he'll make it possible. Like you're still going to have struggle. I mean, Jesus said it himself, like, um, if the world hates you, just know it hated me first. And you're going to get a lot of hate for being Christian. But I mean, some people who really hated Christians at one point turn out to be the most faithful 
Christians and because right. they got because mm. it's important that we're not like as well as sharing it. You don't want to be pushing like you need Jesus or else you're going to hell, whether you believe it or not. We want to, you want to, and be inviting, you want to be welcoming like Jesus would because Jesus wouldn't go up to someone and say, you're a sinner, go to hell. He wouldn't do that. Right. <laughs> like, looking at me when you're saying <laughs> <laughs> She was looking at that chubby squirrel yeah. behind you. Stupid squirrel. Gluttony. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, those are good. Yeah. Those are real good yeah. thoughts. Thank you for sharing that. Um, well, listen, let's bring it to a wrap up. Any final things you want to share? Aram, anything? Good job today. Proud of you. Charlie, anything? Well done. You, well, I mean, not saying nothing. It was, I mean, good job preaching today. Proud of you. Thanks for coming south. Charlie's serves at Bethlehem location. Thanks for serving up there. He, it's next gen Sunday every week up there. Charlie's serving. He's a big part of the team. Emma, any final things? Um, just really that everyone did so good. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to go back and make sure you go back and watch it. That It'll help you get better as a communicator if you watch yourself. And don't just listen to it, watch it. Because you'd be like, what was I doing <laughs> with my leg the whole time? My hands like started shaking once we started talking about the cruise. Because I did when, not want to do, make a weird noise. When I had to give my mic to you, Nate, my hand was like, I didn't realize it until like maybe like two minutes before I had to give it to you. But it, my the entire microphone was like just drenched in my sweat. <laughs> like it was so bad. Like I, I don't like I was going to tell you, but you were just like, I was like, oh, well, we'll figure it out. It was bad. Hopefully it doesn't slip out of your hand. I, it, oh, no. Like it was it was bad. <laughs> Do you guys have any book recommendations that yes. you want to share? The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson is so good. Yeah. I didn't even know what a circle maker was or making circle about prayers, but um, Circle Maker. And then I have two more by Mark Batterson. Um, I'm reading it right now. How do I not know the name? It's because there's a sequel. So I want to say. Hey, you can't put your face on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's the first book and the second book of Chase the Lion. The first yeah. book. In a Pit with a Lion. In a Pit with a Lion on Snowy Day. And then Chase the Lion are really good. Yeah. Chase the Lion we recommended last week. Really? Yes. Wait. I'll be honest. Is the person I made in a pit with a lion on a snowy day the person I made? Nope. It's the person that made Circle Maker. So is that the one you want to recommend? Uh, Sure. I don't know. <laughs> you don't have to. I don't to. know. Who I. You don't I have to know who the author is if you know the title. Just figure it out. And look yeah. it up. Well, it was a good book, but I don't think it relates. Actually, a tale on a uh, tale of the three kings. Yep. By author is a good book. By yes, author. by an author, it is a good one. That's we've recommended that one a bunch of times too. I tell parents that's one to pay your kids to read. That one and in a pit with a snowy lion, both that we've recommended are ones I pay my kids to read. <laughs> I haven't read On a Pit with a Snowy Lion yet. On a Pit with a Snowy Lion. <laughs> 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 it's the same thing. With the, snowy <laughs> the book I'm reading is so long. Yeah. he's You're reading oh. Unbroken? Yeah. The yeah. words are like uh, p- 0.5 font. Yeah. Yikes. Can we talk about King's James Version? <laughs> no, we're running out of time, but we can do it another time. Go out to you guys are always welcome to join us on the podcast. 
Uh, anybody else? Any book recommendations? I don't. I don't. I don't read enough books. I All right. I just read the Bible. Sadly. Um, I recommend sorry. the Bible. I Emma, you got one. That's a, good, yes. that's a very good book. Um, one that like my whole family's reading is Bondage Breaker. I think it's Neil Anders. Yep, I read that one. Yes, that's a that's a really good one because like there can be so many like generational sins and like spiritual ties that like we don't know existed. Yep. And um, it's like and then it just like, comes like where did this come from? And it's like really good because it there it gives such like a like a different perspective on things that like, you've never like thought of it that way before and you're like that makes so much sense that could be why this this thing's happening and then no it's just a, it's a really good book yeah i agree i agree and i'll give that as a plug for freedom circle as well because freedom circle is definitely parts of that that we're that we're utilizing and working through together listen last thing for you five here for the band for every teenager and every kid who served in every location Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Watching you guys step into your into your giftings, watching you use your giftings for the glory of God makes me so proud of us. So proud as a pastor. I am proud of you guys. I am impressed by you guys. You inspire me. You encourage me. You help me to pastor, to continue pastoring. You help me to continue praying hard and believing for big things. You inspire me. And um, I love you guys so much.